That's good stuff. We're going to be talking about a faithful servant, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 9. As you're turning there, have you ever tried to please all the people only to find that it is impossible? We live in a, our whole lives seeking something that can never be obtained. We listen to debates on TV and each a uh, politician is telling you how great they are and what they're going to do for you and promise you everything uh, in the world and yet not fulfilling those promises. I heard a story, Jeff would like this. Um, there were two individuals, uh, a granddad and his son, and they was walking along the street and they, they was uh, guiding a donkey and uh, a traveler comes by and says, how terrible that is. For you, two individuals walking and the donkey is there. Won't you ride one? So one, the the granddad looked down and grabbed his grandson, put him on the donkey and they went down the road. They found someone else a little bit later and he says, well, how terrible that is that you have a young man who's very capable and very strong riding a donkey and you have the older gentleman walking. So... The young boy got off and the grandpa got on and, and they went a little bit further. And then they came to another one and they said, well, how terrible is that? That uh, the grandpa was riding the donkey and the kid's walking. So they said, okay. So they both got on the donkey and they was going down the road. And then they found another person and they said, well, how terrible and disgusting that is that two of you grown individuals that can ride and, and that are that have all the health that you have and you're riding that poor, self-innocent little donkey. So the next few men got together and they was walking and they saw this uh, coming about. And they said, have you ever seen two men carrying a donkey? <laughs> See, to, to, for us to try to uh, satisfy everyone, it's not going to happen. When I was a pastor, uh, I'm a people person. I love uh, to talk. I was almost late for service. They had me talking back there. Uh, but I love people, and, and I love to engage. And, and, but I found in pastoring a church, it's impossible to please everyone in the pew. Amen? If you haven't experienced it, please take that in mind when your new pastor comes. Uh, and you're going to expect a lot of things from him. Um, Lord, give us patience, give us uh, wisdom uh, to treat our new pastor uh, the way he should be treated. Amen. First Corinthians chapter four, one through nine helps us to understand that uh, we need to be those individuals that are going to uh, serve our Lord. So many times in churches, we're so busy pleasing men that we do not please God. That's why we as men and women of God must strive to please him and not them. If you please God, you've got it taken care of. Amen. You no longer have to worry about uh, what other people think. Because if you're doing what God wants you to do and you're serving him, that is the very best that we can do. And there's times that, that we just can't. Jesus is himself. God's son walked on this earth. And guess what? He did not please everybody. Matter of fact, there's many that got upset with him and wanted to kill him. 
We know that he did absolutely nothing uh, wrong. He was a perfect individual, and yet a group of his folks, the Jewish people, wanted to kill him. Why? Because they didn't understand him, or he wasn't doing what they wanted him to do. See, what they wanted him to do was to come and to rise an army and take over the Roman government. That was not God's plan, right? But even Jesus himself couldn't please the people of the world. So as we look in God's word this afternoon, 1 Corinthians 4, beginning in verse 1. Let a man so account of us, that us being Paul and Apollos, as of ministers of Christ, stewards in the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am am I not hereby justified. But he that judges me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of the darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise to God. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred myself to Apollo uh, for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one that you be puffed up uh, for one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And who hast thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory? As if thou hast not received it. Now ye are full, now ye are rich, and you have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God ye did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has set forth us the apostles last as it was appointed to death for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to the angels and to men let's pray heavenly father we are overwhelmed of your presence this evening thank you so much for that choir and uh, heavenly father just i ask that you would continue uh, to bless those that serve heavenly father we ask that your presence would be here in christ's name i pray amen so first of all As we look at the scripture, we want to understand that uh, we need to be a servant. When we look at verse 1, it says, Let a man so account or consider of us, Paul and and Apollos, as ministers of Christ, stewards of the mysteries of God. The word ministry or ministers literally means under rowers. It is described as the slaves who rowed a huge Roman uh, galley. He said, we are not captains of the ship, Paul speaking about he and Apollos, only galley slaves who are under orders. See, the Roman ship had oars on each side and its banks of five. The arrangement of rowers on the benches was somewhat complicated. As they were long, low, uh, low and narrow ships without much room to move about. Yet the best research that scholars can point is that uh, there were three levels of benches with two rowers on the top bench per side, two in the middle uh, level per per side, and only uh, one strong rower on each side of each bottom bench. They all had to row in unison, and the skills required. 
Otherwise, the seamen would foul each other's oars, leaving the ship tangled and messed, broken oars, and would be easy prey for the enemy. The favorite fighting tactic was to come alongside uh, a ship and clip the oars, thereby destroying the ship and also the men that was on those oars. So Paul didn't just say that we were slaves on a ship. He said we're not the captains of the ship, but he called himself ministers or lower rowers of the ship. Church, if you are going to be a servant of God, then we are those individuals that serve other people and not ourselves. Amen? So many times in organizations, there are folks that's fighting for position. They're fighting for, for uh, the reputation or prestige. Um, those that are uh, uh, um, deacons, there's no prestige in being in a deacon, is there? It's called service. And when you serve God, that means that you're going to put all the other people before yourself. As a minister of the gospel, uh, those individuals that, that, that have position, they have position um, because they want to serve an almighty God. There's not a greater opportunity, not a greater uh, position for us as Christians, men and women of God, than to just be a servant of God. Amen? Now, we may not all have the talents. We may not sing like some of our folks in the choir, but that's okay. God has places for us. God has places for you, and he's ready for you to serve. See, Paul was trying to let the church know that he and Apollos they were not in a popularity contest. They didn't want to see who was better or which individuals served who. They just wanted to serve an almighty God. Here you have Paul, who was a Pharisee. He was a top. He was an elitist when it comes to uh, religion. And he even wanted to silence uh, those who followed uh, Jesus Christ. He wanted to, to destroy any of those. As a matter of fact, he held the coats of those individuals that threw stones at Stephen. He was a man that hated Jesus. He was a man that, that hated this new movement that was taking place, and he wanted to take care of it. And something happened to him. He met the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, and it totally changed his life. He became uh, a servant when he used to be an elitist. He wrote 13 books of the Bible, a powerful man of God, and yet he looked at himself as just a servant. If the church is going to grow, if the church is going to, to make a difference, then all work together in unison to move forward. Amen. I am so excited uh, for, for Alan to come uh, in, in um, the interim period. Um, Y'all... We're praying, right? We're going to pray for that interim period. God's going to use him. He is going to come and, and, and lead and, and, uh, and everybody works together. And it's not just one individual, but as a church, you're all beginning to work. And man, God's uh, mission is just going to explode. I'm excited for what's getting ready to happen. So we have to be a faithful servant.
There are some individuals that you could probably think of right now that you know their, their character, and their character is one that is extremely humble. They do things not because of their own things and, and, and building themselves up. It is all because of service. My son, um, brag on him a little bit, he is a, uh, um, he's a youth minister, associate pastor at First Baptist Danville, but he's also a chaplain in the uh, National Guard. And um, he just got back from his training, and that training is supposed to move him into, um, I think it's a brigade chaplain, uh, and then he would move up in rank. And he says, Dad, I don't want to move up in rank. He said, the reason I don't want to, to, to become a major is that I no longer have that personal touch with my soldiers. I become an administrator. I become a man that, that oversees chaplains. And he says, I don't want that. When you, when you begin to think of those type things, you know, I'm like, man, being a major would be pretty good. You get little things on your, your uniform and everybody's going to salute you. I said, look, that's, that's a pretty good deal. But in his mind, all he wants to do is serve his soldiers. Church, God has blessed us, amen? He has blessed Bible Baptist Church in a, an incredible way. And he has brought people into the fold that have different talents, we would go on mission trips when I was in Ohio, and we would do uh, uh, renovations and, and different things of that nature. And um, I got the tool belt. I looked really good when we stepped on site, but I had absolutely no idea what I was doing when it came to carpentry. I had my ruler. I had my big fat pencil that they call the carpenter pencil. And, you know, I looked the part, but I had no idea. But what I did was follow those individuals that knew what they were doing. Church, we don't all have to be carpenters, right? But we all can serve. And that's what we're, he's seeing here. So we have to serve. Secondly, um, notice that they were stewards. The latter part of verse 1 it says, and stewards of the mysteries of God. In other words, we handle the mysteries of God. We tell other people uh, the the issues and the knowledge of God. Verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. We may not be the best at what we do, but we need to be faithful. A steward is a servant who manages everything for his master, but for himself owns nothing. Ministers are stewards who share God's wealth. They share the family. In church, there's not a greater thing than a church that is in unity, serving God together. And I want to I challenge you to be those, those servants and to be good stewards of what God has given you. Now, if someone was to say, Luther, what are you good at? And I would have to say, the only thing I'm good at, no one cares about. See, no one cares that you race motorcycles. No, there's, there, it's not a religious thing, you know. It's not something that people look at you and say, oh, wow. No, it's, um, no one cares. And I look at my wife, and she's extremely talented with, with music. And, and I look at people around me. 
I don't measure up. I was looking at Sean. My wife would never let me have a tan, that tambourine. It's not going to happen. But I don't have to play the tambourine in order to serve God. Amen? We were back here talking about cows and farming. <laughs> My grandfather was a farmer. He loved it. He, man, he had passion for it. And I just wanted to be my grandfather, so I would be with him. But I hated every minute of it. Our big 200-acre farm down, at the, down in Clay County is now trail riding opportunities. <laughs> but God loves us. God has created us as different and unique. And we not only have to be servants, but we need to be stewards. In other words, we need to, what God has given us, we need to be good stewards of what he has given us and share that with others. Amen? See, our wealth, the mysteries of God, there's people in our world, people in in Mount Vernon, Kentucky, that has no idea who the real Jesus Christ is. That's sad. Was it 17,000 in our community? And in that 17,000, how many is in churches? It's a sad statement. I had a young girl when I was in Broadhead. I've moved up now. I'm I'm a higher class. I I got a bus route in Mount Vernon. but when I was in Broadhead, um, a young girl had absolutely no idea who Christ was. That bothered me. We have people all around us, and if we have the knowledge, then we need to find a way to share and be good stewards of what God has given us. Amen? There's absolutely nothing we can take with us. And there is absolutely nothing that is so valuable that we can't share with other people. So find a way to be a good steward. Every believer is a minister of Christ and a steward of the mysteries of God. The responsibility of a steward is to be faithful to his master. The prerequisite of being a good steward is faithfulness. Not required to be brilliant but faithful. Not required to be articulate, but faithful. Not required to be eloquent, but faithful. A servant of God is faithful in his personal life. What does other people see in you? Do they see the man or the woman that you want to be? Do they see that that individual that is a servant, that is a steward of God's uh, gifts that has been given to him, and do they see God in you? Sometimes we may have a question on that, don't we? Sometimes when our attitude is different, sometimes when, when things aren't going our way, do they see us being faithful even in the storms of life? Even in those times when it's not going well, even in those times when it's hard and, and, and things are difficult, we need to be good stewards in our personal life, in our home life. We need men, we need to be the men that's going to be uh, the heroes for their children. We have to be men that's going to show uh, the love of Jesus to his home and to others. Sometimes it's easy to act the part when you're here, but everyday life is different. 
We need to be servants and stewards of what God has given us in our homes, on a job. The ministry of his word, he needs to find people that's faithful. He needs to find, first of all, stewards must be faithful with their time. Ecclesiastes 3, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. Give me a nod when you think that you're there. Ecclesiastes 3, you've heard this scripture before. But we need to be steward, I mean faithful in their time. Verse 1, to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck, pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend or tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath that worketh in wherein he laboreth? We have to be good stewards of our time. We have to be good stewards of our time at work, a time of rest, and a time to serve. Sometimes we so want to separate our work and uh, our time with the Lord. And, and I think that those need to come together simply because God needs us to be men and women of God when we work. And it says a time of rest. Sometimes that you get so focused on work neglect rest and then you are no good because you're worn out and you're discouraged and then a time to serve secondly stewards must be faithful with their talents and again we've talked about that already but in second timothy 1 verse 6 wherefore i put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of god which is in thee by putting on my hands and our talents our gifts from god are to be used for his glory Talents must not be exploited for self-advancement. Church, there's no room for self-advancement in the the family of God, is there? We need to put other people first. And I see that in the characters in which I know here at Bible Baptist. See, everyone carries that responsibility. Stewards must be faithful in their treasures. What is something that's, that's valuable to you? It could be many things. When you become sick and you're laying on your back, you really find out what those truly valuable things are. When I was sick, I might have shared this with you, but uh, when I was really sick and I was laying um, at my home and uh, just bought a brand new truck and I could see it, Outside the window, when I was sick, that truck meant absolutely nothing to me. Folks, the things that we have are only gifts of God. And the value is our friendships 
and our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? How wonderful it is to have a family that loves each other. I've seen so many times churches that uh, are in disarray and, and they're angry and they're fighting one another and there's no peace. Um, we all are going to have disagreements. But when we allow God to be the God of our, our home, God of our, our work and God in our rest and God in our play, things are going to work out. Fourthly, stewards must be faithful in their trials. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers in Christ, suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached, for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of the glory of, of God resteth upon you. On their past is evil spoken of, but your part is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other man's matters. Yet if any man suffers as of Christ, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf, even in our trials, even in those times when we are most vulnerable, when our heart is aching and we're just down, allow God to use you and to strengthen you in those times that we need to be a good steward, even in those times of sorrow. We use the language of our lips and the language of our lives or our hearts to show others who God really is. To be faithful servant, we must have servant's heart. Be one of stewardship, a man of faithfulness. And thirdly, is that we are going to become a spectacle. If you look back in 1 Corinthians 4, we look at verse 9. For I thank God has set forth us as apostles last, as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle or a theater or an entertainer or entertainment unto the world and its angels and to men. Church, there are people that's going to look at you. And there are times people are going to make fun of you as the stance that you have. They're going to, they're going to talk about you. And in a world in which we live today is continuing to grow uh, stronger and stronger uh, away from God. And they look at us, they don't understand us because they haven't experienced Jesus Christ. Amen. The judgments of the faithful servant, there's going to be man's judgments on us. There are people all around us that's going to judge us. I had to stop a long time ago thinking that people were going to judge me when I get in the pulpit because I know that I'm lacking. And I know that I'm not going to be able to please. I'm not going to be able to impress. I'm not going to be able that people walk out of here and they're going to think, wow, he can really talk. I know that. God has not created me or given me the ability to be a great orator. You all just have to get along with it. And some of us, God has created uniquely you to be who you are. 
and to serve him and be stewards of what God has given you. And when you do that, that you are going to be watched. You are going to have people that's going to look at you. Man's judgment. We have God's judgment. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that uh, he has done, whether good or bad. Church, I would love for God to say when I stand before him on my uh, judgment day. And by the way, he's not going to judge me on the things that I have failed. He's going to judge me on the things that I have done in his name. We stand before God and as we receive the judgment, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful. May God, well done, good and faithful servant. God's not created us all to be pastors. God hasn't created us all to be deacons. God hasn't created us all uh, to be, um, to cook or, or whatever those special talents you have. But God knows what he's doing. He knows how to bring people together. Amen. In the family of God, when it comes together, they begin to serve God And there's nothing that's going to stand in the way of sharing and being stewards of the ministry and the message of God when they are together following Jesus Christ. How beautiful and wonderful that is. So I want to challenge you this evening to be a servant, whatever that takes. I want to challenge you to be those individuals that's going to be good stewards and help others along the way. Knowing that we're going to be a spectacle, people are watching you. Man, I was coming up that hill. You could probably see your church from long, long way away. Hey, did you all do that on purpose? And I was thinking of the mission field that is underneath your site. If you was to come out and stand in front of your church, what mission field is there? How great that is. God is ready to do something extraordinary with you. I can't wait to see what happens when, when Alan comes as your interim and uh, God begins to move, right? We expect it. God's going to do something extraordinary because his people are together. There's unity and they just want to serve. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this evening. I thank you for this church. And uh, Lord, the, the incredible opportunities they have. Lord, I ask that you would just uh, overwhelm them with your presence. Lord, use them in the way that you need to, uh, to share the gospel with the world. Thank you for today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.